You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. And gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So today, we're going to be clipping along with our little series here. And because I don't know how much time this is going to take, I'm going to do two things. One, I'm going to leave it open. You already know because the titles. <laughs> it's weird that you know what's happening and I don't know what's happening, so I should probably just start talking. But I'm going to do running backs. But because I don't know how much time that's going to take, there could be more than that. But I don't think there's going to be more. So the thought process for me right now is going to do a little bit of a recap, going to do running backs, and then if there's just a disgusting amount of time left over, we'll quickly look at tight ends, which I know we kind of did yesterday, but we kind of didn't because I didn't know if we'd kind of be doing it by itself. So we'll do tight ends half yesterday and half today. Maybe if there's time. I don't know. I don't know what we're doing today. Why don't you just tell me what we're doing? Tell me what the title says. I don't know what we're doing. How are you keeping things from me, man? This is not a healthy relationship we're having right now. I think we need to go see somebody, because this is unhealthy. But anywho, preliminarily, I gotta look that up, because I'm proud of that word. I hope I made that one up. Oh, it's already a word. That's a sweet word, man. I was gonna go have a word with Webster after this and be like, dude, dude, check out this word I made up. Webster already knows everything. So anyways, speaking of preliminaries... If you do check the description, I've done a cool little thing. Rather than that sloppy list of uh, disorganized-looking links, assuming everything worked all right, you will now see the phone number, which is the Google Voice phone number where you can text me or leave a, a voicemail if you have any questions or things you want to be have said on the show. And then below that, you have a thing that just says links. Click the link, and it takes you to a nice organized list of all the stuff that you can utilize. Much prettier, much simpler for me, and much simpler for you. So give it a gander and uh, check it out and whatnot and who's there and what to news and. But as always, be sure to uh, hit me up with a five-star review if you like the content. It would be greatly appreciated. Uh, we just crossed, I believe, the 440 mark. So if you could leave me a five-star iTunes review, I'll consider you paid up. That sound like a good deal? I think that's a sweet deal, man. We're talking about probably 800 hours. I'm not even going to do the math on uh, how much I'm getting hosed on that. But that's all right. If you do so, and if you're interested in Pro Football Focus, be sure to uh, send me a screenshot or some kind of way that I know, know that you left a review. Because once we cross that 200 threshold, I'm going to be giving away a PFF subscription, and I have been looking forward to that for some time. Otherwise, if you want to help out, there's a Patreon, PayPal, or Venmo links that are in there. Whatever floats your boat, I don't mind. Otherwise, just make sure you get into the Facebook group. It's where all the magic happens, man. It's also a good way to ask questions and whatnot. If you don't want to have to call me, you can just drop in a question in the group, and I'll usually probably maybe get to it, but maybe not. I don't know. Anyways, let's take our break and uh, jump into the NFC North running backs. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. 
when I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So first of all, as I said, just a brief recap. Quarterbacks were a little bit easier to put my finger on because you're just talking about one guy per team, for the most part. Chase Daniel kept wanting to butt his way in there and, and um, you know, really just, he's, he's trying to make me, make Bears fans really angry. But I, I did my best to resist that temptation. But quite simply, there was Aaron Rodgers and then, you know, a drop off. Then you got uh, Cousins and and Stafford and then you got a drop off and then you have Trubisky. For the most part, I, I've it, it, this hasn't gone away, so I keep pe- seeing people talk about it. For the most part, that isn't super debatable. There's a lot of Bears fans who are saying that Trubisky's way higher than he should be, but I don't see too many non-Bears fans saying that. The only argument I saw anybody make that you could maybe say is legitimate is the Football Outsiders folks. Somebody chimed in and said that Trubisky was higher than Stafford, according to Football Outsiders. First of all, they're basically exactly tied. DYAR, uh, Trubisky was 18th, Stafford is 20th. DVOA, Trubisky is 20th, Stafford is 21st. Cousins and Rodgers are both higher. Then they went to quarterback rating, and they wanted to show off how his quarterback rating was third highest in the NFL. The only thing that does is show how garbage quarterback rating is. I mean, there's some pretty serious flaws here. Trubisky was better than Andrew Luck, Tom Brady, Phillip Rivers, um, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers... I mean, basically everybody, but I, I just want you to hear it. Baker Mayfield, who was near the bottom, this is kind of trash. I mean, it, on its face, it's already not a great metric because anytime you look at quarterback rating or any of those kinds of things, those are statistical ratings, and statistics have a lot to do with the guys around you. But I don't know what quarterback rating is looking at, but that's crazy. But here's the thing. Even if we were to mix all this up, the only thing that does is it puts Cousins ahead of... Um, of Stafford in my mind. Because again, Stafford and Cousins in my mind are, are kind of tied. I need a tiebreaker. All right, Football Outsiders says Cousins is better. All right, cool. Yeah, but it says Trubisky's a little bit better than than, uh, than Stafford. Okay, first of all, I'm not dumb, so no. Second of all, let's put it all together. Put it all together, Trubisky's still in a category by himself. It's Rodgers, Gap, Cousins, and Stafford, Gap, Trubisky. And again, Trubisky has the most potential to grow. Because everybody else has been around the league forever. We kind of know what Rodgers is. Of course, he can have a bounce back, but bounce back to what? To Rodgers. Stafford is always going to be Stafford. Cousins maybe is going to get a little bit better, but he's still just Cousins. Trubisky, it's still a question of is he going to break out. But it's a question. It's definitely not a certainty. And he's had two years of being trash. If you want to come over here and, and like, maybe we can agree on that. Maybe not. I don't know. I mean, I, I hope you're right. Let, let, let me put it this way. I hope he already broke out because if what he did last year is him peaking, I am beyond thrilled because I have no concerns with the Chicago Bears anymore. If that's as good as it gets, if that's him at his best, if he's already about as good as Aaron Rodgers, you're telling me he's already there, that's a premium quarterback? Wow. Wow. Because he is legitimately Jay Cutler 2.0. Brilliant in certain spurts, cannon for an arm, but just kind of a psychopath with trying to throw that thing accurately. That thing just flies all over the place. 
overthrows, underthrows, terrible interceptions all year long, just launching it in random places. I mean, it's going to be Jay Cutler all over again, and you're going to give him a massive contract. I hope, I hope so much that he has peaked. However, I think you should probably get on my team and say, this isn't good enough. He needs to grow a lot, and it needs to happen this year. I feel like I'm taking the right stance as as a, you know, if I were a Bears fan. But whatever, yeah, no, great. Yes, he's already there. He made it. Woo, let's throw a parade. Trubisky should have got MVP last year, man. Look what... He got him to the playoffs, obviously. I mean, he must... I don't know what other possibility there could be. Really, what other possibility could there be? They got to the playoffs. Trubisky's the quarterback. Therefore, basic logic 101, the quarterback dragged them to the playoffs. I don't know... I don't know what you're missing here. That's just what happened. Had to be what happened. Homer Logic 101. So anyways, that was quarterbacks. Then we move it on to wide receiver, and it got a little bit more iffy. I personally, this isn't even worth fighting over. You could tell me whatever order you want to put it in, and I would, you know, maybe disagree depending on, you know, I would disagree with Bears fans because, yes, I put them at the bottom again. So anything other than we're fourth, and, and, and I think that's worth fighting for. Trubisky is not worth fighting for. If you want to fight for Allen Robinson, I can kind of see that. Taylor Gabriel, you're fighting a losing battle, but if you want, okay. Anthony Miller upside, all right, go ahead. I mean, again, those are battles worth fighting. Still think you're wrong, but that's fine. Me personally, however, if I were to take the emotion out of it, because of course I love our wide receiver group, I don't want Devontae to go anywhere, this is all strictly hypothetical. Take away the names, take away the jersey numbers, and let's just say you're building a team, you've already got a great quarterback, what is the scenario that you want in terms of quality wide receivers? I think by a nose... I'm going to go with the Vikings group. Just because right now I've got, in my mind, again, debatable, they already have two top-tier wide receivers, and I think that's huge. Now, that is debatable if you want to debate that. Stephon Diggs in 2018 was not the same guy as he was in 2017, and I'm guessing a lot of people don't buy the Adam Thielen hype. I personally am, am just letting it happen. Again, he's following the exact same trajectory as Devontae Adams. The only difference between the two is Devontae was a second-round pick and Adam Thielen was undrafted, so I would assume a lot of people see Devontae and say that was just a great pick, he's going to be a great wide receiver. A lot of people look at Thielen and say that he's a good wide receiver, but last year was a fluke, because undrafted white dudes are not top-five wide receivers. That just doesn't happen, except in fluke years. I'm just letting it happen. I think Diggs is better than he was last year, and Thielen... Maybe there's a little regression, I don't know, but I, I just, I'm just buying it, man. It just is what it is. I think from there, I would take the Green Bay Packers. I want Devontae. I want that elite wide receiver threat. The Packers have the only one left, and that's Devontae Adams. And I would say they have the most potential, considering they have so much youth at the receiver position and so many guys that are second-year guys. After that, as I said, I would take the Lions because they have Kenny Galladay. Galladay is not only kind of on a tier on his own, as far as being, you know, I would say very good. They're all kind of iffy, and it's hard, you know, it's weird saying Thielen, Adams, and Diggs are all elite, but just for the sake of separating them, we'll say they're elite. Galladay's very good, and he's kind of alone in that. He also has potential to be elite. I don't know if he's ever going to get there, but he's, he's, his trajectory's going straight up. He went from meh to very good in one year. So I like his potential. We've got a solid number two. Not great, but Marvin Jones is, is, is solid. He's, he's established. We know what we're going to get from him. And then we went out and got a veteran to play in the slot. I don't necessarily think he's going to be great, but we got somebody. Again, probably pretty similar to Marvin Jones, maybe a little bit less, because I don't know how well that's going to work with Stafford. But it's a decent enough group. And then for the Bears, I, I really just don't like what Pace has done. 
I think he overpaid for a bunch of guys that are overrated. I think Allen Robinson is, is barely better than Marvin Jones. Wildly overpaid, right? He, he, he To be fair, he did what the Packers did. They saw one great season, which was uh, 2015. Actually, it's entirely different because 2016 he played again and it was not a great year. Massive injury issues. So 2014, not very good. 2015, real good. 2016, not very good. 2017, injured the entire year. Then the Bears pay him big-time money. And, and, you know, Robinson gave him some really good games. Just looking at PFF, Week 10 against Detroit was great. Week 13 against the Giants was solid. And then the last two weeks, Week 16, and then the wildcard game against Philadelphia, he performed really well. The problem is every other game outside of that, with the exception maybe Week 2 against Seattle, he's either really good or he's, like, perfectly average. I mean, he only had one bad game against New England, but if you look at Week 1 against Green Bay, Week 3 against Arizona, Week 4 against Tampa, Week 6 against Miami... Uh, week 7 against New England, where he was terrible. Week 11 versus Minnesota. Week 12 versus Detroit. Week 14 versus L.A. Week 15 versus Green Bay. His highest grade in all of those games was 66.5 against Miami. Take out the 44.9 against New England, and his lowest grade was 59.0. So he's right in between, like, he, he just had, like, 60. Perfectly average. And he's being paid like a top-five receiver. That's dumb, man. Bears fans, please hear me. I'm trying to help you. Ryan Pace is not a good G. I know he's getting all the awards, and you want to be proud of that. You should want to be a good football team, though. And overpaying for Allen Robinson is how you go from number one in the NFC North to dead last in about a year or two. Ryan Pace giving away all your draft picks so that you can't replenish anything, and you don't have any money because he paid uh, Khalil Mack buku bucks. might seem great on the surface, but this team is just going to continue to erode. Trading up for a running back when you don't have any picks is the kind of dumb things that terrible GMs do. I'm just trying to help you, man. This isn't me just picking on you. I I legitimately, when I do this kind of stuff, I'm in the place of if I was the Bears GM trying to make them succeed, and I'm looking at this, and it hurts me. If I was a Bears fan, I would look at Allen Robinson and say, this was the dumbest move ever, which is a lie. He's done a lot of dumber things than this. But I would hate this, and I would be terrified. And then he goes out and pays for Taylor Gabriel, and Taylor Gabriel is not good. He's never even been good. Why? Maybe his first year with Atlanta, but, I mean, look at it. He spent two years in Cleveland, and they dumped him. Then he goes to Atlanta. He has a great year. Then he has another year where he's trash, and they get rid of him. And then Chicago goes out and pays for him. He's never spent more than two years for a team. And he's 28 years old. I mean, look at all the teams that keep doing this, that just pay for wide receivers. Are any of them good? Baltimore Ravens have been doing that for years, and the only thing I keep saying is, why are you doing this? Go draft somebody, please. You keep paying for all these old garbage-wide receivers, and none of them can produce. And you did get Anthony Miller, and that's the one good thing he's done. Now we got to see if it was actually a good pick or a garbage pick, because he wasn't very good in his first year. I know there was that one play where Bears fans couldn't get over it because he caught a pass, but the problem is, he didn't make a great catch. The fact that it went through somebody else's hands doesn't make it a good catch. Right? Take the defender out of the play, and it's just a guy making a very basic catch. If anything, it was a great throw. Props to Trubisky. That was the one time I want to give props to Trubisky, and all the Bears fans want to freak out about Anthony Miller making a very basic catch. Sometimes I don't know about you guys, man. But then you go out and pay for perennially, you know, the guy that never ceases to disappoint, Cordero Patterson, who's one of those guys that's got all the skills in the world, but nobody seems to know how to utilize them, except the Patriots. But even then, he wasn't a focal point of the offense. He was used to help a couple gadget plays, which kind of makes sense for Pace. But you know you're not getting anything big for him. And again, you're just throwing more money at the position, which is already 
got too much money. It's, 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 it's sucking up too much of your cap. So I'm just not happy with that position. Bottom line. So for me, it's it's Vikings, Packers, Lions, Bears. I think the biggest debatable thing would be swapping. Um, I, I, I suppose you could make an argument for swapping the Packers and, and Vikings, depending on what you think. A lot of Packer fans obviously think Devontae's in a category by himself and then Diggs and Thielen. I think that's homerism. The other thing you could maybe do is swap Lions-Packers, and that's if you just think there's nobody outside of Devontae and nobody's going to take another leap, in which case the Lions at least have a full group and the Packers just have Devontae, and that's not a good situation. We saw that all last year. We had one wide receiver, and it was a nightmare. So that's it for wide receivers. Turning our attention now to the running back room. I want to do similar to what I did yesterday. Just look at 2018 to start. Kind of what is our launching off point? What were the teams to kind of give us an idea of? Because I, I, I like to start there because a lot of times we take too much speculation or we try to infuse too much like maybe or this or possibly. And we try to add too much to something that just isn't there based on assumptions. But as far as the running grades, if, if we take total offensive grades, you could say that Aaron Jones and Carrion Johnson are the top guys and then there's a drop off. If you look at the rushing grade, as in how good of a player are you as a runner, Aaron Jones is by himself. Aaron Jones is in the very good category. Carrion Johnson, Latavius Murray, and Zach Zenner were in the you know, good category. Then it starts to fall off. Now, the interesting thing here with the Bears is that their main running back, I don't think it's going to be Tariq Cohen. I, I could be wrong, but that just seems like a no-brainer to me. It's, it's obviously going to be David Montgomery. I don't know if Bears fans or, are, you know, I'm not as immersed in their stuff as as they are. I would just be stunned if David Montgomery isn't the every down back and Tariq Cohen just isn't sort of that third down guy that he's always been, right? He's sort of a Duke Johnson, um, whatever. He's, he's that kind of a guy. I mean, Tariq Cohen of this group was the third worst runner and had the second worst horrific fumbling grade and was not a very good run blocker which very few of them were I'm just looking at this particular bottom line is the only thing he's good at is is as a receiver right and he's very good at it could argue he's in a category of his own so David Montgomery is going to be taken over so it's kind of hard but again we'll just do the same thing and look at it as a potential however unfortunately for them potential swings in both directions however as it stands right now as far as the number one guys we got Aaron Jones We've got, um, and I do kind of want to look at the total group, but I really want to focus on the main guys, Aaron Jones, Carrion Johnson, Dalvin Cook, and then David Montgomery. And I, I really want to not make the Bears last, and I don't think I'm going to, because I want to stop doing that. And just so you guys know, if you haven't been listening, really, really, really liked David Montgomery in the draft. Really liked him a lot. Very upset to find out the Bears got him. But right now, again, there's there's three tiers. There's Aaron Jones, then there's Carrion Johnson, then there's Dalvin Cook. And I would say they're equally spaced tiers. Aaron Jones is very good. Carrion Johnson is good. Dalvin Cook is eh, pretty good. Kind of good. As far as where to put David Montgomery, I just, I don't have, I don't have an opinion on that. If we look at sort of the number twos, which is kind of up in the air, again, fans of the teams maybe know better than I do, but I'll take a stab at it. Obviously for the Packers, our number two, at least presumably, I mentioned before it's not guaranteed, but Jamal Williams is, uh, Below Dalvin Cook, he's only one spot below, but it's a pretty significant drop. He's down kind of in that mediocre range, again, as a runner. I know a lot of Packer fans aren't going to like that. Again, whatever, you can just discount PFF if you want. But I personally don't see a lot in Jamal Williams other than just being sort of a an average running back. Right? He's the guy that every team has one of them. Packers have had lots of them. He has some signs of good plays. 
for the most part, he just kind of runs and gets two to three yards. I already mentioned uh, Tariq Cohen. Somebody else that should be mentioned for the Bears is uh, new addition uh, Mike Davis, who came from the Seattle Seahawks. He hasn't been super productive in his uh, NFL career. However, last year he had a decent year with the Seahawks. So, again, similar to what the Packers have done with a lot of their guys, he had somewhat of a breakout year. Bears pounced on it. As for the Vikings, I really don't have a clue. Uh, They got rid of Latavius Murray, who was a pretty good running back. Actually, arguably their best running back. And this is where Vikings fans are going to get mad at me. It's your guys' turn, because I don't care for Dalvin Cook. I know he's got potential and all that stuff. And if we can get him an offensive line, and now we got an outside zone, maybe that'll work better for him. Blah, blah, blah. I know, I know. We changed a thing, and now we're going to be elite. I know how that works. Every fan base does it. Packers are doing it about other stuff, right? Lafleur fixed the offense. Everything's going to be great now. 2011 all over again. But Dalvin Cook has not been very good. Uh, Latavius Murray was better. That's all there is to it. As far as your backup, I, I don't know. Um, Amir Abdullah, I guess, is your backup, which isn't great because he's sort of a you know, third down back type. He's not really a, a running back running back. And as far as a runner, he, you know, I mean, on this list, he's worse than just about everybody with the exception of Benny Cunningham and LeGarrette Blunt. Again, as a runner, he's just, he's useless. And he went from the Detroit Lions that had a good offensive line to the Vikings who have a trash offensive line. He doesn't offer you anything as a runner. And I'm sure you know that, and that's not his, his purpose, but I'm just trying to say, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know who's the other guy that's going to run the football if Dalvin Cook happens to get injured, which wouldn't be the first time. Um, moving off the grades, looking towards stats, I'm going to skip yards and go right to yards per attempt because yards are basically useless because everybody had different amount of attempts and attempts don't denote skill. So let's kind of account for that and just go for yards per attempt. Obviously at the top is uh, Aaron Jones at 5.5 yards per attempt. It's actually his second year doing it. However, what many people probably don't know outside of, of uh, Detroit is that Carrion Johnson actually had 5.4. Now, spoiler alert, I think Carrion Johnson's pretty good, and I think he's going to be very, very good. I like Carrion. I liked him when he came out of the draft. It was one of those picks that I was kind of upset about when the Lions got him. He proved to be pretty good, right? I mean, it was it kind of came in spurts, and then there was the injury. He was injured for several weeks before they put him on IR after they were eliminated, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think if he comes back and plays a full year healthy, Aaron Jones and Carrion Johnson are going to have a heck of a battle for a top running back in the NFC North. Because I think both of them are going to get a pretty heavy load. Um, I don't know. It's it's going to be it's going to be interesting. After that, you have a drop off again. Just kind of going with the, the starters. Dalvin Cook had 4.6, and we don't have a Bears guy. As far as backups and such, Jamal Williams had 3.8. It was the fourth worst of the group. Only Jordan Howard, Legarrette Blunt, and Benny Cunningham were worse. Benny Cunningham, by the way, had uh, 20, 21 attempts. So kind of doesn't even matter. Uh, touchdowns, actually somewhat surprising. Jordan Howard was number one. He's not here anymore, so it doesn't matter. Aaron Jones was number two. So Aaron Jones actually tied Dalvin Cook for fourth as far as carries. As far as carries or attempts, Jordan Howard was number one. Blunt was two. Murray was three. Cook was four. Aaron Jones was tied for four. Jamal Williams was sixth, and then so on and so forth. Carry on Johnson because of the injury was seventh. But I actually find it kind of interesting that based on uh, the carries and whatnot, he actually had eight uh, the next highest would be Latavius Murray at 6th, who was gone. Then Blunt, who had 5, who was gone. Zenner had 3, who was not the starter. Carrion Johnson had 3. wonder what that is per game. I'm not going to do the math because I don't care that much. But Dalvin Cook, all the way down here, who again was tied with Aaron Jones for the amount of carries, only had 2 touchdowns. So that's kind of an exciting little uh, tidbit there. Likewise, if you look at first downs, 
Jordan Howard was number one. Now, Jordan Howard didn't grade out very well, and he's had some pretty bad stats, but I've I've always kind of looked at it and thought it was kind of weird what the Bears did. And, you know, again, I'm not trying to pick on you, but I don't get what Pace is doing. And considering you guys have been bragging about that award for greatest GM in the universe that he received, and I think he's kind of a dummy, let me just illustrate this a little bit. Because this is the timeline that I see. Jordan Howard wasn't a fit for the scheme, correct? Correct. He's a just a, a straight-up running back. Between the tackles, whatever, whatever. Ryan Pace, or I shouldn't say Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy said... I'm going to throw this guy on the jugs machine. You need to be able to catch footballs in the scheme. You need you to be more versatile. It never really panned out, despite being a pretty good touchdown threat, and, and he got a ton of first downs, and a decent amount of chunk plays, which we'll get to next. Despite all that, you still aren't a great fit. So we're going to get rid of you, and we're going to draft your replacement, who is David Montgomery, who is basically Jordan Howard. Now, again, I like David Montgomery. I think he's a good running back. He might be a better running back than Jordan Howard. But stylistically, what in the world do they do differently? Is Jordan Howard a receiver? No, he's not. He's just a good running back. I don't know what in the... I don't I don't know. Whatever. We'll see. Maybe he's going to be a great receiver. I don't know. Don't remember reading that in the scouting reports. 10-plus um, yard plays. Not super surprisingly, Aaron Jones leads this list. At least it's not surprising for Packers fans. Jordan Howard was number two with uh, 18. Carryon Johnson, obviously, with his yards per carry, you would assume had a bunch. He actually tied Dalvin Cook with 17. So Aaron Jones kind of runs away with the category. After that, Carryon and Dalvin are pretty high. So Dalvin seems like he's either breaking a big play or he's just getting stuffed, which, you know, if you were a Vikings fan, this is going to be your biggest argument. He's a really good running back, but he never has anywhere to go. And this one stat would somewhat sort of support that. Uh, looking at yards after contact per attempt, which again, I do per attempt because you got to account for attempts because that's not a skill. Uh, number one, Mike Boone. Number two, Zach Zenner. Then number three, Carrion Johnson with 3.32. So one of the things I like about Carrion is he's very versatile. He's maybe not number one in any particular category, but he's if he's not number one, he's like two or three. So he's got the physicality of the yards after the catch. We haven't got to receiving yet, but he's a good. He's pretty solid in that category. He's a good runner. He's good at. He's good at big plays. He's good at touchdowns. He's he's got it all. Uh, let's see. Ty Montgomery was next with 3.08. He's obviously gone. Dalvin Cook at 3.02, who's pretty big bruiser. Kind of makes sense. Aaron Jones actually somewhat surprisingly would be next. I don't actually even know what a good benchmark is, but 2.97, right around three. The only reason I say that's surprising is Aaron Jones is a a skillful runner, but he's not really a power guy. But I think the thing with Aaron Jones is he doesn't really run through people. He bounces off people. It's pretty incredible how many times it, I mean, it's crazy. He's like a Super Bowl. It's like you just, you touch it and the thing just goes flying. It's like, how did he not get tackled? You, You want to blame it on the defense, but it's just, it's like he just has a superpower. But of the starting group, Aaron Jones is the lowest, right at about 3, which is kind of where Dalvin Cook is. And again, Carrion's pretty solid at 3.32. Jamal Williams is actually a little disappointing, considering that's sort of what he's known for, and he only had 2.63. A little bit surprising, but if you think about it, yards after the con- after contact has a good amount to do with physicality, but it also has to do with sort of breakaway. Right, if there's contact and you're able to get off it and have a big gain, that's going to help your yards after contact per attempt. If you run through somebody, that's cool, but you fall forward a yard, two yards, whatever. Maybe he's dragging people two, three yards. That's different than stiff-arming a guy and running for 20 yards, though, which is something Jamal, you know, Jamal is consistently going to blow through guys and bring them back two, three yards, but I don't think he's very often going to be breaking off of contact and having big gains, which I think would be the difference. As far as longest, 
Uh, the three top guys are right at the top. Carrion Johnson, 71. Dalvin Cook, 70. Aaron Jones, 67. I mean, they're all right at that same level. The, the next highest guy was Jordan Howard, 42 yards. So all three guys hit basically at 70-yard runs. So three big breakaway guys. Well, it'll be interesting to see what, um, what David Montgomery brings to this group um, because that's definitely something all three of these guys have in common. PFF also has a stat called avoided tackles after rush. I tried to look that up to understand exactly what it means because it sounds like it would have a lot of overlap with yards after contact, but I guess one is counting yards, another one. But again, at what point do we assume that there would have been a tackle made if not for the effort of said player, right? But either way, we'll call it just avoided tackles. So they're looking at it saying that should have been a tackle, but so-and-so did something cool. Number one is actually Dalvin Cook. So again, there are some metrics here that look like he's got some some potential. It makes you worry a little bit if this offensive line gets clicking. All right, he's solid yards after contact, good at avoiding tackles, breakaway runner. There's definitely something there. Uh, number two is Aaron Jones at 26, so 29 if I didn't say for Dalvin Cook. Then a bit of a drop-off, 21 for on Johnson. Uh, Tariq Cohen at 17, which is a little bit surprising. You would think he'd be the more shifty one of the group, but Jordan Howard actually had more. Uh, Jamal Williams only at 10, not surprising. He is not shifty at all. Then lastly, fumbles and penalties. Um, Dalvin Cook, two fumbles. Uh, on one, Aaron Jones one, and that's pretty much all that matters. As far as penalties, only one running back out of all of these guys had any penalties, and it was Aaron Jones, and he had two. So he's got to get that cleaned up. I would assume, I mean, what else could it possibly be? I'm assuming it's some kind of holding, right? Don't remember the plays, but that's surprising. So overall, just kind of looking at it, I, I, I think it's safe to say, in my mind, Aaron Jones is the top, but not super by a lot. Just looking at his production as far as touchdowns, yards per carry, 10-yard runs, first downs, avoided tackles, all that stuff. I would say carry-on is absolutely nicking, li- what is the word? Nipping at his heels. Dalvin Cook, I think, has some potential, but I don't know how much to put on it because the, the biggest problem for him isn't even Dalvin Cook, is that he's on a bad team. I mean, bad for him. I'm not saying the team as a whole is bad, but ideally for him, he gets put on a team that has a good offensive line, and they still don't have one. I mean, the entire interior of this offensive line is just not good. I know I've had Vikings fans argue with me about that, but I, I don't see anybody that's good. Riley Reef is the only guy that has any talent whatsoever along the entire offensive line. Brian O'Neill maybe can take a step, but outside of playing the maybe-they-get-better game, this is just garbage. The only offensive lineman I can see on this entire team that has even an average run-blocking grade is Riley Reef and Danny Isadora is exactly average. Everybody else is below average. Rashad Hill, Brian O'Neill, uh, Dakota Dozier, Dozier, Josh Klein, and then Brett Jones and Pat Elfline are just straight-up hot garbage as far as run blocking goes. So on one hand, you look at it and go, I don't know, he's got some potential. On the other hand, you look at it and go, what's changed? Why is this going to suddenly translate into him being good at stuff? So as much as you can maybe say he's got some talent, on the other hand, it's like, okay, but we're never going to actually see that materialize. But maybe, I don't know. I just, I wouldn't hold my breath if I was a Minnesota Vikings fan. All right, let's take a quick look at receiving grades. And again, this is part of the problem with how, you know, trying to rank because it depends you know, how much you value certain categories over others. There's receiving, there's blocking, there's all these other categories. But as far as the grades go, Tariq Cohen is number one. Then Carrion, who, as I said, is just pretty good in every single category. Both of them are technically in the very good category, Tariq Cohen being higher. As far as guys that are in the good category, uh, Theo Riddick is really the only one. 
And I, this is an area where I know Packers fans are going to get upset because they are obsessed with the idea that Packers receivers or Packers running backs are good receivers, and I've been trying to say, no, they're not. Nobody wants to believe that. Um, in the average category, it goes in order. Dalvin Cook, then Jamal Williams, then Aaron Jones. Uh, Dalvin is kind of on the high end of that spectrum. Jamal and Aaron are right next to each other in the low end of the average spectrum. If we look specifically at drops, um, those also are graded. We can get into specifics, but uh, it's Tariq Cohen, then Carrion, then Jamal, uh, then Jordan Howard, all of them in the very good to elite category. Then there's a steep drop off into the average category where you got Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones and also Theoretic. So that's how that shakes out. Looking at some of the statistics, reception percentage, Carrion Johnson um, is at the top with 86.5, Dalvin Cook 83.3, Theoretic 82.4. Jamal Williams, 81.8. Tariq Cohen, 81.6. Aaron Jones, 81.3. It's pretty much all that matters. So, Carrion Johnson is kind of in a category by himself, up in 86.5. And then you got kind of the 81.23s. Looking at yards, and I'm going to do total yards just because it's kind of reflective in who does what job. Tariq Cohen had 725 yards. That clearly shows he is that guy. After that, Theoretic, 384. Dalvin Cook, 305. Then a pretty big drop-off for Carrion at 213. Again, I don't know. We'll get into yards per attempt. But if Carrion played a full season, I'm kind of curious where that would be because Dalvin is kind of high for a every-down running back. right? Tariq Cohen and Theo Riddick, that's just their job. So Theo having 384, even though it's only like half of what Tariq Cohen had, it's still kind of like, okay, so he's that guy. The only reason that was kind of low is because Carrion's getting a pretty big workload as well in, in the passing game. But Dalvin is just the everyman. Um, after that, Jamal and Aaron Jones split almost perfectly evenly, uh, 210 and 206. As far as touchdowns, uh, Tariq Cohen had five, Dalvin Cook had two, and then Aaron Jones and Carrion Johnson each had one receiving touchdown. Everybody else had zero, with the exception of Tyquan Mazel Sr. I haven't mentioned him because I see no reason to. Looking at yards per reception, Ty Montgomery was number one. Don't bang your head against the wall. It's just a reality. It's fine that he's gone. I'm sure nobody is upset about that. Tariq Cohen was next at 10.2. After that, of guys that kind of matter, I guess Zach Zenner, 8. Aaron Jones, 7.9. Jamal Williams, 7.8. So they, they did a decent job once the ball was in their hands. As far as non-receiving backs, just kind of, you know, every down between the tackles type guys, that's pretty good. Uh, Dalvin Cook, 7.6. Carrion Johnson, only 6.7. And then Theo Riddick, uh, surprisingly, 6.3 was the lowest of anybody. So he got a lot of targets and a lot of receptions and a decent amount of total yards, but as far as production with the ball in his hand, it was very low. Looking at yards after catch, again, not surprisingly, Tariq Cohen was the top guy, uh, 500. Actually, let's just do per reception, because he had the most, but, you know, he also had the most receptions. So yards after the catch per reception, Ty Montgomery was top again, but uh, Dalvin Cook at 9.6, which makes sense, and that's another area where I think they should try to utilize him more, because if he is both a bowling ball and somewhat elusive, you know, avoiding tackles, and he's got breakaway speed, let's just get him out of the fray, get him out in, in space and see what he can do. And apparently he did pretty well. 9.6 was the highest of anybody in the current NFC North. Zach Zenner, another bowling ball, 9.4. Aaron Jones, 8.7. Jamal, 8.5. Carrion, 8.4. So that they're all kind of in that middle ground there. Uh, Dalvin Cook kind of by himself, 9.6. Tariq's down here at 7.6. Theoretic, 6.8. So surprisingly, both of them were relatively no low. Looking at big plays, the longest, Tariq Cohen, 70, and then a massive drop-off. Dalvin Cook, 27. 
uh, Jamal 26, Jones 24, and then just a bunch of 20s and who cares because it's not really significant. First downs, again, Tariq Cohen with 30, completely by himself. Uh, Theo, 16, Dalvin, 15, Aaron, 12, Jamal, 11, Carrion, 11. So again, you got a pile between 11 and 16, and then Tariq with 30. So there's one guy that is a clear established receiving back. We'll see if that changes. If um, if David Montgomery comes in and is kind of similar to Carrion Johnson in terms of you know being an every down good receiver kind of guy, he'll probably have the same effect on Tariq Cohen that Carrion Johnson had on Theo Riddick, where he's stealing you know plays away and whatnot. Um, avoided tackles. Dalvin Cook was number one again. You got that crazy elusiveness thing going on. Um, despite not having the most targets, he was way up there above Tariq Cohen, and this is just an, a, a flat number. It's not an average. So Dalvin Cook, 18. Tariq Cohen, 16. Then a massive drop-off. Carrion had 8. Aaron had 7. And down and down and down. Passer rating when targeted, Mr. Taekwon Mizell, Mizell, whatever, 132.5. That's kind of crazy. I guess he's kind of your backup receiving back. Tariq Cohen, 111. Dalvin Cook, 107. Aaron Jones, 103.9. Carry on 99.7, Jamal 93.2, Theo Riddick 82.7. Penalties, only one guy, it was Aaron Jones, he had two. We knew that already. All right, there's two more PFF categories. Uh, first of all, we're looking at elusiveness. The formula, because they put it here, is missed tackles forced divided by designed run attempts plus receptions times yards after contact per attempt times 100. You got that? Because I know some people are going to want to know, well, how do they, well, now you know. Write it down. Rewind it, write it down, see if you like the formula after that. So the most elusive guy is no longer uh, in the NFC North, and that's Mr. Mike Boone, Minnesota Vikings. After that, not surprisingly, Mr. Dalvin Cook. After Dalvin, you've got Ty Montgomery, who's gone. Then you've got Carrion Johnson. And by the way, we're dropping quite a bit. So Mike Boone was 109, massive drop-off Dalvin Cook, 81.9. Then down to Carrion Johnson, we go from 81 to 64. Aaron Jones is right there with him at 61.6. Then another huge drop down to 42.2 for for Tariq Cohen. Another drop to 34 for Zach Zenner. Theo Riddick close to him at 31.5. Then another big drop, Jamal Williams, 24.9. And that's it. So Jamal, very, very, very much not elusive. And I think that kind of ties into the question of, is Jamal going to lose the number two spot? Now, again, I, I don't really have super high expectations for Dexter. However, I don't think Dexter Williams has to do all that much, and I think he's a little bit more well-rounded. I think Dexter Williams is actually a better running back than Jamal Williams. He's just not quite as much of a banger. Now, it's it's close, and I don't think he's a f- phenomenal running back, but as far as that whole elusiveness, you know, kind of finding the hole, flowing, all, all that kind of just natural flow and feel looks a little bit better to me than Jamal Williams, who kind of... You know, my criticism of him, not necessarily last year, but two years ago when he started off, it looked like he just closed his eyes and ran forward. There were wide open holes. He just avoided them and ran straight ahead. So we'll see what happens. But there you go. Dalvin Cook kind of in a category by himself. Uh, Aaron Jones and Carrion kind of right neck and neck again. And we don't know what David Montgomery is going to be. And then breakaway percentage, which is just a percentage. uh, As a percentage, how many of your plays are breakaway plays? A breakaway play is a yard of fifth or a gain of 15 yards or more. So Tariq Cohen was number one, and these are runs, not passes. 45.3% of his rushes were 15 yards or more. That seems insane to me. That's crazy. Mike Boone was number two, but he's gone. Carry on 38.2. Even at 38, it's like that's that's a lot. 
more than a third. Dalvin Cook, 38.1, more than a third of his. Oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I read this wrong. This makes more sense. Percentage of their yards that came from breakaways. That changes the formula quite a bit. I was going to say, this is impossible. How are half of your... So of your yards, what percentage of that came from big gains? So that makes sense as far as Dalvin Cook, because we've kind of already established that. He's either getting no yards or he's getting big gainer yards. Presumably that's the same with Tariq Cohen. So almost half of Tariq Cohen's yards come from big gainers. See, I don't really like this breakaway. I like the other breakaway percentage. This doesn't really do as much for me. It's almost, it could almost be a negative thing. I didn't know that's what they meant by breakaway percentage. Because again, in this case, it's, you know, if you think about it, if, if I ran the ball 100 times, and let's say 99 times I got zero yards, and then the one time I got a 100-yard gain, ran all the way to the other side, because everybody else just died on the football field, and I managed to get to the other side, um, probably crawling. I'm not really sure how I would have gotten there in one breath, but I would have figured it out, walked half of it. But what would my breakaway percentage be? Well, what percentage of my yardage came from big gain? Well, 100%. Of my 100 yards, how many of them came from 15 yard gains or more? It's, it's 100% of those yards are from big gains. That doesn't make me a good running back, and it says nothing about my breakaway abilities. My breakaway abilities are trash, because I only did it once in 100 tries. So yeah, I don't, I don't like this metric. It doesn't tell me anything about the running back. I mean, it's, it's an interesting stat, but it's, it has nothing to do, no real correlation with good or bad. I definitely prefer the question of how many, how often are you going to break away? So I guess we'll kind of disregard this. And actually, I lied. There is one more thing I want to look at before we go over to Football Outsiders, which is um, another thing I need to remember to try to include because some people hate that I don't. First, I want to look at blocking ability because that does matter, especially if you want to be, you know, an every down back or whatever. The number one pass blocking back in the NFL, Aaron Jones. Sort of in a category by himself, he was high up in the very good category. Borderline elite, which is kind of crazy and surprising. After that, there's a little bit of a drop down to the mid-80s where Jordan Howard was. Dalvin Cook at 84.4, which is very valuable for that team who needs pass blockers. At least they have one in Dalvin Cook. Uh, Vitaly, actually, for the Packers was uh, pretty high up there. Don't know if he's even going to make the team, but he's there. Then, uh, let's see, C.J. Ham, Michael Burton, then Theo Riddick. A lot of guys we haven't talked about because the fullbacks are included here. But bottom line is we're dropping quite a bit to get down to Jamal Williams at 11. Then way down here, on Johnson at 13. Now, I've mentioned he's kind of good at everything. It's not a bad pass blocking grade. This is just a good group of pass blockers. on Johnson's grade, which is almost, I mean, he's uh, fifth from the bottom out of, so he's 13 out of 17. But his grade is technically good. The only guys that aren't good is uh, Tariq Cohen, which uh, if you look at number 14, Zach Zenner, 70.4, that's still good. Then a drop-off from 70.4 to 58, Tariq Cohen. Then Benny Cunningham, who has been at the bottom of every list ever, 52. And then Mr. Taekwon Mazel, which is maybe part of the reason why he cannot seem to get on the field much, 33. And then run blocking, which isn't quite as important, but uh, the only two that were any good at it is uh, Jordan Howard and uh, Michael Burton. Both of them bears, and I believe both of them gone. As far as bad run blockers, Mr. Tyquan, Theo Riddick, Zach Zenner, Danny Vitale, CJ Ham, everybody else is average. So fill in the blanks. Basically, all the guys that matter are in the average category. And again, it doesn't super matter. But it kind of does if you think about the Packers and that whole, you know, a lot of people for some reason are super excited about having two running backs on the field at the same time, right? Aaron and Jamal. I don't know specifically what it is that gets people excited about that, but presumably if it's going to be a run play, one of those guys is going to have to run block. 
we don't have any good run blockers. Why is that ideal? And, and Vitaly's actually bad at it. He had 10 attempts last year and was, was just really bad. But finally, we will go to the all-knowing football outsiders, which is 100% accurate 100% of the time, because they take stats and um, strength of schedule, smush them together, and come up with numbers. Actually, I, I like football outsiders, but it's just, it's a piece. It's not, you know, stats aren't obviously all-knowing, and strength of schedule is not an exact science. And then how you exactly smash them together isn't also an exact science. But it's still a good metric, and it's something else to use. But of our group here, looking first at DYAR, which, again, for those that don't know, DYAR is total value. How valuable is this guy in total? DVOA is value per play. Which one you prefer? Most people like DVOA. doesn't really matter. We'll look at both. Aaron Jones was ranked as the 10th best running back in the NFL. Actually, we should probably go back to PFF and look at overall as well. But he was seen as the 10th best. Kerryon Johnson was seen as the 14th best running back. And Dalvin Cook was seen as the 40th best out of 47. Now, that is overall. So we'll look at uh, on a per-play basis, which is probably a better way to look at it. Kerryon Johnson was actually the 5th highest ranked uh, per-play running back. Aaron Jones was the 7th best. Again, those guys are just right at each other's uh, throat, I guess. I don't know. Dalvin Cook this time drops the spot to 41st out of 47. As far as the secondary guys, Jamal Williams is 25th in DYAR, 22nd in DVOA. Not bad for a number two to be, you know, 20 out of 40. Uh, Tariq Cohen, who's not actually in this group, so he doesn't have a rank, but they give it an exact metric. He had a negative 18 DYAR, which is right in there with Carlos Hyde, who was uh, graded as uh, 36th in DYAR. And his DVOA was tied with David Johnson, who was 40th. So kind of in there with Dalvin Cook. Um, And if we go back one more time to PFF and look at overall, um, I guess I'll just do offensive grades because it takes into account the pass, the receiving, the blocking, all that stuff. So we'll look at overall offense. Aaron Jones and and Kerryon Johnson, not surprisingly, uh, 14th and 15th. Aaron Jones being 14th, Kerryon being 15th. Now again, Aaron Jones is a higher graded runner. Kerryon Johnson, a much more well-rounded running back. Dalvin Cook was graded as the 36th best running back out of 49. Actually, I lied. There's more. Is out of 108, he was 36th. I think Dalvin Cook, and I kind of feel like it's a little disrespectful to Dalvin Cook, but Bears fans would think it's the other way around. I think Dalvin Cook is kind of in the same category as Mitch Trubisky. They're both outside of the top 32. They both have fan bases that I believe think that they're better than they are. They both have potential to break out, although Dalvin Cook seemingly has talent and an excuse his offensive line whereas Trubisky has nothing by way of an excuse I mean I you know there's talent and both of them are clearly the worst in their division now we have to wait and see what David uh, Montgomery brings so as far as ranking them it's going to be kind of tough but either way Minnesota is going to be at the bottom because even if David Montgomery isn't super great the odds of him being worse than Dalvin Cook aren't super high he has a better offensive line. He has a better supporting cast. He probably has a better, you know, head coach, offensive coordinator thing going on with Matt Nagy. I think he's a pretty good offensive guy. Uh, they got Tariq Cohen there to back him up. Uh, Mike Davis, who they brought in, as I said, had a pretty good year last year as a as a runner. Uh, Taekwon is a good receiving back, although not very good at anything else. So th- there's a decent group here. So I'm going to put the Bears third and the Vikings fourth. The question then is, would you rather have carry on with Theo Riddick 
And, you know, C.J. Anderson, that's a guy that they added that I didn't mention, um, had a really good year last year as a runner, was abysmal in every other category. But another guy that can run the ball, also Zach Zenner, who's pretty talented. Or Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and Dexter Williams. Again, I, I kind of see that as interchangeable. So, so again, I'm going to say it's Packers and Detroit as a tier, similar to last time with uh, Vikings and Packers as a top tier. Then I'm going to give it to the Bears. I don't know how, I mean, they, they could be in the same tier. I just can't put them up there because their lead running back has never stepped on a football field. And by the way, they could be worse than the Vikings, but just the Vikings are in a really bad spot. So really, I, I see that Detroit and Green Bay are really good. Dalvin Cook and that run game are below zero. So the reason I'm not putting the Bears last is because I see that unit performing well. I just don't know how well. And I'm not going to put the Vikings ahead of them because the Vikings are actually negative. And again, that's not entirely because of Dalvin Cook. I don't actually know how good he is. I just don't think there's any reason to believe we're going to find out this year because the offensive line, again, is still not very good. So that's kind of how I have that lined up. But anyways, I'm going to cut it there. Curious to know what you guys think, but especially um, NFC North fans, not Green Bay Packer fans. I'm always curious because I don't know if I'm, I'm way out of line here or if fan bases are kind of like, yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I really don't know what Vikings fans think of Dalvin Cook. I would assume, based on how fan bases typically are, it's, you know, he's he was drafted very early because he's very talented. He's going to be a freak. There's been this or that problem. You know, he was hurt in the offensive line, but he's about to break out. Do you think he's already better than everybody else? I, I don't, I have no idea what the perception is in that camp. But uh, anyways, let me know what you think. Otherwise, enjoy your Saturday. I'm going to see if I can squeeze one more episode in here. We went to the breakfast on the farm, so I got off to a little bit of a late start, but I'm going to try to squeeze one more in. Otherwise, you folks have yourselves a fantastic day. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.